and welcome to the SpiceCast, the podcast where we talk about spices and spicy moments in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Ruben, and joining me this episode is a very special guest. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Kayla. And, and what's a fun fact about you, Kayla? Um, a fun fact about me is that I am half Italian. Okay, and that may or may not be relevant to, to today's episode. What do you think? I think that's pretty relevant to today's episode. Cool. So uh, I'm really excited to have Kayla on today and really excited to be talking with you all about oregano, uh, which is a, a really awesome herb and a great addition to the herb blurb. Yeah, for sure. I like absolutely love oregano in nearly everything. It's a great way to like spice up any dish. Totally. And um, I will say like Kayla contacted me months ago and wanted to be on the oregano episode. And I'm so glad that we're finally able to get you on and get to talk about oregano together. Oh my gosh, me too. I am like over the moon excited. <laughs> so before we get started with oregano, I wanted to mention that we Americans uh, say oregano but uh, people in other parts of the world, specifically in the UK, say oregano. Do you know you know anybody who says oregano? No, I've never I never heard that. I I spent three months in the UK and I don't think I've ever heard anyone say or oregano. <laughs> I think it must have been because I was watching the Great British Bake Off. Um, oh, but I, yeah. I think there were a couple people in there that said oregano. I'm actually seeing my friend, my, a friend of mine is coming in from London tonight or tomorrow, and I'm going to see her, so I'll have to definitely ask her if she's heard anyone say oregano Please while do. living there. And, or, or just ask her what kind of spice is used in pizza, and maybe she'll she'll come out with an oregano. Maybe. I, I had a coworker of mine in, in England who was American, and she had the like funkiest accent because like it was half American, half British, so... That might come out. She might say oregano tomorrow. We'll see. That would be pretty cool. Well, let, let me know. Um, but I yeah, I, I know some people do say oregano. So if you say oregano, I'm sorry. Your ears are going to be uh, broken after this podcast because we're going to say nothing but oregano from this point on, probably. Yeah. No, I, I know no other way to say it than oregano. Yeah. Or maybe it's the maybe it's Aussies who say oregano actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I did hear um, an Australian person the other day say oregano. Um, that could be it. I My mom has a coworker from New Zealand, and I don't know, she that's not Australia, and I know that's not Australia, so <laughs> I hope I don't get any comments about that, but I should ask her to say um, oregano, like how she would say what goes on pizza. Do not, and... do not at, at Kayla about the fact <laughs> that Australia and New Zealand are different countries. She knows. Yeah, I know. I know they are different countries, but they kind of exist in the state, a similar spot. Yeah. And I won't say anything about their accents being similar, but to American ears, um, they are somewhat similar, at least. Yes, to, to my untrained, uncultured, I guess, American ears. Yes. They are, they're very similar ones. So I wanted to ask you, Kayla, what is your, and I think we're going to get a lot into it later, but just a, a quick version. What is your absolute favorite use for oregano in cooking? On it, It's just honestly Italian cooking. I don't know if that's like, like whenever um, we make like meatballs or sauce or anything like that, like that's the best place 
I feel like to put oregano. Yeah. Um, and the other place I also just really like using oregano is, you know, I, I'm from New Jersey and I also really want to put that up front because I feel like that's one of my like free personality traits. Um, and in every single New Jersey pizza place, you will, like any mom and pop one you'll go into, they always have three um, different bottles, like different, different shakers and one's Parmesan, one's uh, red pepper flake and one's always oregano. So that's mm-hmm. immediately like my favorite so if you go to a, a pizza place or uh, an Italian place and they have a, a third shaker and it's generic Italian seasoning rather than just oregano, do you know Do you know something about that place already? I feel like that's like, to me, it feels like almost like an imposter, you know, like it has to be like oregano, red pepper, Parmesan. Like that's the, those are the three main ones that you have, like that are so popular to put on pizza. I don't know. I feel like Italian, that's like, you're trying to sneak it in somewhere, but like you just got to face the oregano, you know, like head on. Yeah. Yeah. I like oregano too. Um, and a lot of those applications that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, one that you didn't mention is um, fresh oregano. And I, I really, well, I mean, you didn't explicitly mention it. You might use it in some of your cooking, but I, I really like um, oregano infused olive oil. And I feel like the, the best way that I've found to do that is by using fresh oregano and cooking it. Uh, with the olive oil. So that's a really oh, great ingredient to use anywhere, pretty much. Interesting. I've never heard that before, like infusing it in the, because I, I mostly use, I put myself out there, I mostly use dried oregano, mm-hmm. which I think is the I most, most popular way to use. Yeah. Because at least in my family, it's like parsley and basil are what you really use like fresh. Mm-hmm. But oregano is like typically used like dried. So I'm going to have to have to try that. I mean, you can use dried oregano to season olive oil, certainly, and I will not go against anybody who does that. But if you mm-hmm. want, if you want the oil to be clean, you really have to strain it afterwards. Whereas with a fresh sprig of oregano and maybe a couple of cloves of, cloves of garlic, you can just fish them out, and then you have really nicely seasoned olive oil. Have you ever dipped bread into that? Yeah, yeah, that's what like, I would do it for. It's great. Yeah, because I've done well. I've done the bread dip where you just put like the oregano and like other herbs like straight into the olive oil and you just kind of eat it all together i mean that's wonderful as well yeah that was like my favorite snack like as a kid yeah bread and oil is a classic a staple yes totally all right so i think we're getting pretty excited but let's jump back a little bit and talk about what oregano is So let's take a step back and talk a little bit about what oregano is. Um, Oregano is uh, a flowering plant. It's in the mint family. That like surprised me. Really? Yeah, that that, that one I was reading, that surprised me. That was in the mint family. If you taste oregano and mint side by side, I feel like you can get some similarities there. No? Yeah. Well, in preparation for this, I literally ate straight up oregano. Like I just tried a whole like flakes of it out of like our shaker, mm-hmm. and it did taste like kind of like that bittery sort of thing, like when you taste a mint leaf. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of get that, but it just surprised me. And if you ever do try fresh oregano, um, I think it's even a little bit more like fresh mint, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're fresh herbs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't know that before 
researching for this episode that it was in the same family as Mint, but I, I can kind mm -hmm. of see it and it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does, for sure. The name oregano comes from a combination of Greek words. So there's oros, meaning mountain, and ganos, meaning brightness. And apologies to Greek people who may be listening. I know I'm not pronouncing those correctly, but that is the closest that my stupid accent can get uh, without training. Um, so it, originally, that it was the brightness of the mountain. Um, that was the meaning in Greek. And I feel like that is, that translates really well to Italian cooking as well. Yeah, well, for sure, because a lot of Italian cooking, like, is very acidic and bright and fresh. Um, specifically, when you get to more like traditional Italian recipes. Um, the other thing I also actually found out while doing research was apparently um, ancient Greeks linked oregano to Aphrodite. Oh, interesting. They um, believed it was created by her, which I thought was kind of nice. I don't know. I think that's kind of like sweet. It's like something you didn't, you'd never expect. So, was the herb known to be like love-inducing or anything like that? I don't know. I don't. I didn't see anything saying anything like that. They just said that ancient Greeks just kind of attributed like that specific herb to Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I think because of like the bright flowers on it, and you know, how it looked very pretty. Yeah, but that makes sense. That'd, that'd just be my guess. Cool. <laughs> so um, the fresh or dried leaves of the oregano plant are used as an herb in cuisines all over the world. And there are a ton of subspecies of oregano um, with very widely varying tastes. Uh, they range uh, based on, I haven't tasted all of them, but based on mm -hmm. my reading, they range from kind of spicy to uh, a little bit bitter to somewhat sweet. Um, and there are some of some of the ones that are very popular are Greek, Italian and Turkish oregano. Those are all the same species, uh, but they are like different strains or different subspecies that grow in those particular climates in those particular locations. And then there are many others. Okay. That's interesting. I only really know Italian oregano, but it, it makes sense that all of them kind of sit on the Mediterranean. Right. So it just all kind of got spread probably through trade and just populations moving. Yep. Yeah. And not only are there those that are all the same species, but there are a couple of different species that are also called oregano, but are not at all the same species or even in the same family um, necessarily. So there's Cuban oregano, which is also known as French oregano, Mexican mint, Mexican thyme, and it has also as many other names, which is in the same family, but it's a different species. So I definitely haven't tasted Cuban oregano, but I would really like to. Mm -hmm. um, oregano chiquito, or small oregano, that's the translation, is also in the mint family, um, and it is found primarily in Mexico. Uh, like mm -hmm. northwestern Mexico, I believe. Okay. And, and then the, the one that most people have at least heard of um, is Mexican oregano. And that is in a different but related plant, plant family and has a more savory and citrusy taste than the oregano that you might be familiar with. Um, it's, so it's closely related to lemon verbena, if you're familiar with that herb. 
I was gonna say I've n- I don't know if I've had Mexican oregano. Like I'm sure I have at some point because I eat a lot of Mexican food. But next time um, we get Mexican food or something like that, I feel like I'm gonna have to pay a lot of attention. See if yeah. I can taste it in there. But yeah, ne- next time, well, because my family we have a lot of Mexican restaurants around here, weirdly enough. So um, I we order from them a lot, so I'm gonna have to really like pay attention. And. Yeah. It is definitely a different flavor. I tried it recently, and it mm-hmm. is, um, it's maybe in some ways more punchy, but in other ways more subtle, I think. It's like more more uh, lending itself to high acid. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was just my, my first impression. Yeah, I watched a lot of... I watch a lot of cooking shows and I've definitely seen them use make Mexican oregano on the cooking shows mm-hmm. while making like Mexican food. Um, I want to say what's there's one pork recipe where it's very citrusy. I want to say it's all pastor, but I'm not entirely sure, but I think they used Mexican oregano in that. Carnitas also is pretty citrusy. Yes. I think that might've been actually carnitas because it's like you use like orange juice and mm-hmm very acidic citrusy flavors so that makes sense that you would have something to kind of help bring that out yeah and you know tie it all together um anything else to add about what oregano is i i don't know i i read a lot of the similar things um i saw that it was used to encourage good luck and good health in elizabethan england oh cool um which i thought was kind of neat i don't know i like when plants and herbs and spices kind of take on like almost symbolic meanings in addition to what they're used for just kind of naturally yeah um and also it's been used i guess as like ornamental as an ornamental plant as well as one that can be eaten so like they have you know pretty flowers so i'm sure people have like used oregano in that sense as well for decoration i think Um, there are even flowering varieties that aren't necessarily used as an herb that are sort of related or in the same family I I thought that was so cool. I love like a multi-talented plant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone that can do all or someone a plant that can do all the things. Yeah. All right. So um, let's move on to talk a little bit about how oregano is used in culinary applications. Awesome. I I'm sure I mentioned like a few before, but definitely there are a lot. Mm-hmm out there there really are i took some notes here but there are endless amounts of recipes that use oregano in so many different cultures around the world yeah um i know like i said i use it a lot in sauce um bread dips like i said with the olive oil and like thyme and um parsley and oregano and you put that on italian bread um I think my mom, my mom also makes kind of like a bruschetta thing. And I'm sure you can put um, oregano in with the tomatoes before you put it on a crostini. Um, All sorts of different things you can use. Pizza sauce, normal sauce. Yeah, we'll see see if uh, any of these applications jog your memory of something that uh, you've seen or done before. Okay. So dried oregano and fresh oregano like we said are both used as herbs Mm -hmm. um and then dried oregano generally has a stronger flavor than fresh oregano 
uh, fresh oregano tends to be more subtle um, and you know more delicate a little bit. Uh, if you like the the strong flavor of oregano, I think sticking with dried is a, a really good way to go. Um, yeah. As Kayla was alluding to, oregano is a key herb in Italian cuisine, mm-hmm. and that's its most famous usage, at least in the U.S. Yes, for sure. I think that's what most people think of, I think, when they think of oregano. It's always, like, Italian cooking. Right. Um, and, I, and I don't think that was helpful, because I live in a very, like, Italian-Irish area. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's around here, at least if you were, if you were to ask anyone, they, they'd probably tell you, oh, it's using, like, pizza sauce or red sauce or gravy or anything like that. Right. Right, exactly. Um, but in addition to those, it, it can be used with vegetables, meat, and fish. Mm-hmm. Um and it's especially common in southern Italy, uh, I learned, whereas in northern Italy, marjoram is a more common herb to use um, as, as sort of like the, the, the spicy, bitter, common seasoning. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because I'm, I'm southern Italian. Um, on my grandparents' side, both my grandparents are from southern Italy, so that's really neat to know that like... It's part of my heritage, even going back. Yeah. I, I certainly yeah. wouldn't say that Northern Italy doesn't have oregano or anything like that. I'm sure it's used and common there as well. So if anybody is mm-hmm. in Nor- Northern Italy and loves oregano, uh, you know, write to the show at podcast at thespicecast.com. We'd love to hear your Northern Italy oregano recipes, and I'll share it on the show next time uh, if, you, uh, if you do that. Mm-hmm. This is sort of a historical thing, but it's related to how it's used in Italian cooking like so prominently. Mm-hmm. There were U.S. soldiers in Italy during World War II, and when they came back, they called oregano the pizza herb. And that's like, even to this day, you you just said people would think of oregano as like, you know, the pizza sauce seasoning. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's definitely true. For sure. And I also feel like it's so common, at least in, in the Italian-American cooking, because I know for a fact that around the time my great-grandparents were immigrating to the U.S., there was kind of like an influx of Italian immigrants coming over, specifically from northern Italy more often than southern Italy, more often than northern Italy. Mm-hmm. And so I would not be really surprised if they brought a lot of that stuff over with them and yeah. also experimented with things, which is how we got stuff like pizza. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. In, in addition to being very common in Italy, oregano is used throughout the Mediterranean. Uh, the, the plant is native to a lot of those areas around the Mediterranean. So in Turkey, it's often used with lamb and mutton. Um, in Greece, it is a key ingredient in Greek salad, as well as many other dishes. Uh, specifically, they use dried oregano in Greek salad, I believe. Yeah, that that would make sense. Uh, I've had great food a little bit, and I'm I'm pretty sure I remember oregano being in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Portugal, I found this really delicious-sounding summer tomato and cucumber salad that uses mm-hmm. oregano as a seasoning. And I'm I'm sure that is not unique to Portugal um, to make a tomato and cucumber salad with oregano. Yeah. That that definitely sounds like really good, actually. Um, but 
all I feel like a lot of Mediterranean like cuisine kind of skirts up against each other. So that doesn't really like surprise me that like in Portugal they kind of have something like that too. Right. Yeah, so standard oregano is used widely also in Latin America, um, primarily, I think, due to colonialism, although also there there are native oreganos, including mm-hmm. Mex- Mexican oregano that and oregano chiquito that are used in specifically in Mexico and Central America. Yeah, again, yeah, for the same reasons, I totally get that. I, don't, I really, I wish I knew more about Latin American cuisine, um, but that's unfortunately one of the places I really don't know too much about in terms of like food, mm-hmm. as much as, you know, my Italian cooking or Mexican cooking or things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're exploring th- through this show, I guess, is mm-hmm. kind of kind of like how cuisines around the world through their spices and their herbs are similar and different. And so I feel like that's a, that's a really neat thing to dive deeper into. And like the ways that spices Mm -hmm. are used in different cuisines can be like exactly the same, or they can be vastly different. Yeah. And I think that it also shows how we're all kind of connected in the sense Mm -hmm. that you know, on two different continents, you can use the same herb for the same reason, or even in your own special way. Right. And obviously, know. there's the positive and the negative connotation yeah. of that. For sure. For sure. Because I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm sure that colonialism probably had a little bit to do with how oregano got over to Latin America, at least in places where maybe it wasn't grown naturally. Right. Just with expansion and everything like that. Yeah. So I did want to come back to Cuban oregano, which is particularly, I mean, it's used um, now all over the world, uh, but it's particularly important to uh, certain styles of cuisine in Cuba, coastal India, the Philippines, the West Indies, and others. And it is also used, interestingly, as a laundry and hair scent. I feel like that would be so fresh and delicious. Yes. I mean, I know also oregano is used in soaps, so that really is not, like, super shocking to hear, but I don't know. I'm sure your hair would smell amazing after using it as, like, a hair scent. Yep. If my my hair smells anything like pizza, I think everybody around me is going to be happy. Yeah, same thing with my clothes. I feel like if I smell like I just walked out of a pizza place, like, everyone wants to be your friend, you know? Yep, absolutely. (laughs) So the the two others, um, oregano chiquito and Mexican oregano, are specifically native to Mexico, mm-hmm. and um, oregano chiquito is used in northwestern Me- Mexican cuisine, like I said, especially in bean dishes. And Mexican oregano has a very similar um, use, although it is more widely used around Mexico and Central America, and also more widely used in terms of the diversity of dishes that it's uh, used in, but Mm -hmm. beans are another common one. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really like beans that much, but my mom, like, loves, like, refried beans, like, like, and black beans and all that kind of stuff, so if she, if we look at Mexican food again, I'm going to definitely have to ask her if she tastes anything, like, acid, like, like, acidic or citrusy or, you know, any of that kind of herb in her food. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know how traditional this is for a, for any particular region, 
but mm-hmm. I, I really love to put um, oregano in my beet refried beans or black beans. And then also I like to put a little bit more acid just to amp things up. So like lime juice often is the, is the one that I go to. And oh. that, that makes things really bright and really tasty. That sounds so good, actually. Because, <laughs> I mean, you obviously beans can get a little bit earthy and a little mm-hmm. bit, um, you know, one note. But if, you, if you're if you using, like, garlic, lime juice, and oregano, I feel like that's that's the way to go. Or or other bright herbs as well. Um, yeah. Included in there. Thyme is a good one. I feel like that's kind of, like, the magic of oregano is that, like, it kind of is, like, the silent supporter. Like, you don't always know it's there. But it also, like, it just does a lot to kind of help elevate dishes. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know, specifically going back to Italian cuisine, because that's what I know the best, whenever you're making, like, a pasta sauce or, like, a bolognese or something like that, it can get really kind of, like, heavy and acidic and, like, you know, yeah, kind of, like, just, it, like, the acid is always what I think of. Because I'm about to, like, admit something, like, really that makes me a bad Italian, but I don't love a red sauce. Like I prefer something more creamy, like a vodka sauce or like an Alfredo sauce. But whenever I do have a red sauce, I know that the, the oregano there really helps cut through all that like acid. Definitely. You know, it kind of brightens everything up a little bit. And I think you need that in a lot of like really kind of heavy dishes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. I think those long cooked tomato sauces often lose some of that initial bright raw acidity that the tomatoes Mm -hmm. bring if you cook them for many hours and they can still they can still be like extremely delicious but i think you sometimes need a little bit of that like lifting up at the end yes for sure because i know whenever my mom makes like sauce from scratch it'll we'll make it like in a crock pot usually which i know isn't also like super traditional but it'll be cooking for like a good like eight hours six hours Mm-hmm. And you kind of need that to help develop like the depth of the sauce. But right. yeah, you're right. I think the oregano kind of helped like bring everything out, feel very fresh and like lift it. And I think that's also what like a lot of really good herbs do in general is that they kind of add something back that might get lost in a dish. Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. And I also think it helps that we also put oregano in the meatballs as well because we're usually cooking meatballs in the sauce. So it kind you kind of get it from like all angles. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think that just really helps in any dish to build layers of flavor. Maybe mm-hmm. you put a, maybe you little put a little bit in the oil at the beginning, and then you add a little bit toward the end, and you also have it in the in the you know meatballs that you're cooking in it. And it's just like sort of building these different flavors because you know toasted oregano tastes different than um, just like fresh or dried oregano or fresh mm-hmm. oregano. So. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had toasted oregano, and that's something I'm definitely gonna have to try. Just don't cook it too long. No, just like a little quick, like in a pan. Getting it burned is uh, not a good flavor. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was gonna say this for the pop culture section, but I know that like my my um, high school teacher, my high school theater teacher, I remember one time told me that she was in a production of Hair, and in order to get the smell of weed on stage, they burned oregano. So I can just imagine that that's probably what burned oregano smells like. I think there is going to be a correlation between this and a couple of different stories that we have in the pop culture section later. Okay, cool. (laughs) But that is, that's a really great note. 
Do you have any other specific culinary uses that you wanted to highlight? I, I, it's again, mainly Italian cooking. I know that it can be really good in like a vodka sauce. Because, again, that's really, like, rich and thick and, like, creamy. I also love putting it in, like, breadcrumbs. If you ever make, like, um, you know, chicken parmesan, putting it in breadcrumbs makes it, like, taste really good. And I know if you normally get, like, Italian seasoned breadcrumbs, it's already, like, in there. But whenever I've had, like, my twin sister, I have a twin sister, and she was gluten-free for, like, many years. And so they didn't really make Italian seasoned gluten-free breadcrumbs. So I would always help her make them from scratch. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, just take the gluten-free panko and, like, kind of Italianize it. And yeah. so that would be, like, oregano, thyme, um, you know, like, parsley, a little bit of basil, that right. sort of thing. It's it's really good for seasoning chicken. Um, Definitely. Like I said... I put it in my meatballs because um, they also put it in breadcrumbs, but just adding a little oregano on top of the Italian seasoned breadcrumbs mm-hmm. kind of like adds to the flavor. Um, yeah, it's a good garnish. I feel like sometimes you can just kind of like with pizza, like I said, yep. at every good, at every good mom and pop Italian pizza place, you can put it right on the top. Um, so there's so many different things you could do with it. So many different ways you can just kind of use it to help elevate your dish yeah i feel like going back to your idea of oregano with chicken and Mm -hmm. similar to the episode that we had on sumac a couple of months ago uh i feel like pairing it with another acid not not that oregano is an acid but pairing it with an Mm -hmm. acid um like lemon so lemon and oregano chicken is really really delicious and if you Mm -hmm. even add like this is maybe more Mediterranean than it is specifically Italian, but if you add mm-hmm. yogurt and oregano and lemon, that can work really well together. And then you oh. add a little bit of sumac into that, and it just is like layers of different acid and uh, rich flavor. So I feel like I'm going to have to try that. That sounds amazing. I also feel like oregano would be really good on roasted potatoes. Yes. Like, I don't know, because like... I've never, I've never taken the time to like really sit down and like roast potatoes like that. But I feel like if I were, I definitely would like probably put oregano on there, like oregano, thyme, parsley. Well, and people often do rosemary with roasted potatoes. Yes. But I think rosemary can be a little bit polarizing in terms mm-hmm. of its flavor. Some people don't like it as much. And um, if you do have somebody in your family or in your household that isn't into rosemary potatoes um maybe oregano is a little bit of a an easier sell with them yeah i feel like do you think mexican oregano could be a good substitute for cilantro because i know cilantro is also very polarizing but it might have different i I certainly wouldn't be the one to say that no if there is if there is a food scientist out there that wants to look for a, a cilantro substitute that is not it doesn't polarize half of the population or a third of the population or something. Um, please let us know. Please, because I feel I feel like we could be onto something with Mexican oregano. I don't know. At least I feel like I could be onto something with Mexican oregano being used in lieu of cilantro. Because do you have I, the cilantro gene? I don't. I don't think I do. My mom, I think, does. My mm-hmm. mom really doesn't like cilantro, but like I said, she loves Mexican food. So I. I I want to find a substitute for her because she just doesn't like love that flavor. And so if there's something that I know that could like could kind of use instead. Maybe that's what we could use. 
I mean, if I were if I were cooking Mexican food and I I would just use it in addition. But mm-hmm. uh, if you need to remove the cilantro, I, I mean, it's certainly not going to hurt to add a little yeah. extra oregano. Yeah, like maybe that could be just something to use that will amp up everything. You know, I don't, I feel like I cook taco meat a lot, and so I'm definitely going to have to try and like maybe see what happens if I use Mexican cilantro and taco meat. Um, Mexican because oregano, right? Mexican oregano, yes, yeah. Because my, my family does very much like white people taco night, you know, where it's like you get the store-bought ground beef and like the store-bought like flavor packet. So yeah. I want to try and like, you know, see what happens if I elevate it with like different flavors that aren't just like what's given to us by, you know, the store flavor packet. Right. So maybe that could be something interesting to try. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a quick break and we'll come Mm -hmm. back with a little bit of history. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the history of oregano. Kayla, you want to lead this one? Yeah, so I think we talked about it a bit earlier, but Um, Oregano is very much native to the Mediterranean region. It was originally grown in Greece, which I thought was really kind of cool um, Mm -hmm. because everyone thinks of it so much as like an Italian herb that you think that naturally the starting point of it was in Italy, but it wasn't. It was really in Greece. And because of like trade and movement of people, basically, it kind of spread around to Italy, um, North Africa, Um, I think as I read Egypt specifically, like it kind of made its way all across the Mediterranean, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Like I said, the Greeks believe that the herb was created by Aphrodite, um, which I think is a little bit part of its history um, as it was, you know, originally founded in Greece, which I think is just really nice. It's the herb of love, I guess. Yeah, Um, it definitely (laughs) adds to the to the like persona of oregano for sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look too much into like Cuban oregano or Mexican oregano, unfortunately, but um, I'm sure that that's also been spread around quite a bit because of, again, movement of people, um, because of the way that, you know, colonialism worked, everything kind of got spread out all over the world. So, right. And that's totally okay. I did a little bit of research into Cuban oregano, um, which there's a little bit of a dispute about Cuban oregano of where it originated. Uh, Interesting. People believe that it is it originated in Eastern Africa. Uh, that's the that's the predominant theory, but nobody's exactly mm-hmm. sure. They haven't been able to trace it back. And then it was spread um, around sort of the coastal regions of the Indian Ocean uh, from there. And then also, I, I'm not exactly sure how, but I I would imagine it would have been around the the southern tip of africa and to the to cuba and the caribbean that honestly it's like interesting because that matches a lot of like trade routes at the time because i don't think there was a way to get fully through europe right so everyone had to kind of go around the tip of africa and like back up and slingshot around like that so right that kind of also matches and it makes sense there but it's kind of interesting that cuban oregano didn't become more popular like in Europe when they were mm-hmm. import, importing spices from India and from like like along the Silk Road they they mm-hmm. didn't also necessarily import 
Cuban oregano, uh, you know, a, a good herb from Eastern Africa. I wonder if that's because like the original Greek oregano had been like popularized so much or maybe traded enough there that they didn't really feel. But that is like an interesting question, like why this sort of oregano became more popular than like a different kind. Right. And I mean, I guess you can probably say colonialism is the main reason, but yeah. You know, th there's certainly a more nuanced answer in there that I guess you or I aren't qualified to answer necessarily. Yeah, un unfortunately, I'm not really a, a herb, an herb historian in that sense. Oh, but really? It... That's that's why I invited you on the show because I thought you were an herb historian. I lied. Unfortunately, I'm, my credentials are not correct. <laughs> well, if any herb historians want to tell us about more about the history of oregano or any other herb or spice they should feel free to write to us at podcast at thespicecast.com that's the email address or on facebook at the spicecast podcast or on twitter at the spicecast had to get that plug in there somewhere you have to do it at some point during the episode right oh totally and i wonder like i'm i could totally imagine though like someone like doing a study of how like trade and and spread of herbs like correlates with like colonialism and movement of people yeah. um like whoever who, if someone's out there and like a research student studying like sociology or like history i feel like this is like the we just kind of gave you a great research project yeah or if you know of a research project that's already been done like that uh we'd love yes. to read it and hear about it oh yeah that would i would love to hear about that because you know it's also interesting that like oregano started in Greece because I did that 23andMe thing mm -hmm. and I found out that like so both my my mom's side is like fully Italian they thought they were like 100% Italian but it turns out that there's a bit more like there's a bit of Greek and like Turkish in there mm -hmm. in addition to like just the Italian so it, you can also kind of use that to like trace movement of like goods and people and that sort of thing right I don't know I feel like I sort of am like oregano in that sense well, also, if you're if you're talking about Italian, Greek, and Turkish heritage, those are all the places mm -hmm. where traditional oregano comes from. Um, yes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all just in that same little, like, literally that same pool, like that little sea. So I can imagine trade was probably so easy to do. Right. And not to mention, you know, in, in Roman history or Roman myths, Romans came from Greeks or right. specifically out of the Trojan War. So that also kind of might make sense as to how it spread and traveled. Right. And if you get back far enough, there are plenty of em empires and travelers and people spreading all kinds of things, uh, mm -hmm. you know, diseases, beliefs, spices, all, all kinds of things. So, yeah, I love I love Oregano's little nomadic history. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And while we're at it, let's talk about uh, medicinal uses for oregano. So oregano oil has been used in traditional medicine for centuries. Um, it has been used to treat colds, to help lower cholesterol, to treat yeast infections, and well, as well as, as a general immune system boost. Um, there's no current scientific evidence. Oh, oh and, and many other conditions it's, it's used to treat or, um, improve health uh, in a lot of different ways. 
there isn't any like modern scientific evidence that it actually is effective in treating um, any of those conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's non-toxic, certainly. And so taking oregano oil or dried oregano or fresh oregano as a supplement is not going to hurt your immune system, hurt your body in any particular way. There's There, there are no known negative effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it is something that works for you, uh, it is uh, certainly not a bad thing. And then as with many other spices and herbs, there are ongoing scientific studies on the use of specifically oregano oil. I don't mm-hmm. think any, any, I didn't find any studies that were studying um, dried oregano usage. Yeah. But, but oregano oil, the, the concentrated sort of essence, um, there are ongoing studies to see if it could be used to treat inflammation or, or other, other um, ailments. That's good to know, though. I think that's really neat. Like, I don't know. I think it it, it shows how versatile an herb it is, you know? It, I don't know. It makes at least me feel better if I ever decide to, like, take some oregano oil or, you know, right. I, I don't know. Would you, like, is it, like, something you would take, like, orally? Like, you'd eat it? Or, like, is it more, I don't know um, how you would use it. So it looks like there are capsules of oil that you can take or you can cut open the capsules and apply the oil to your skin if there's a particular area that you want to treat. Oh, interesting. But but make sure that if you do that, um, Mm -hmm. you are using diluted oregano oil because full strength oregano oil um, may like not be great for your skin. It's it's so strong and has has so much uh, flavor in there. I wonder if they like make soaps with oregano oil. I'm sure like I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be something that would be kind of nice. I get really like I don't I know it doesn't like say like it helps with like dry skin, but I feel like it might be nice if I get really dry hands in the winter time. So that might be something nice to like put on it if I get like some soap with oregano oil in it. I think it would also oh. just be calming in yeah. some ways to have that scent. I feel like it would be because it just, I don't know. I, again, in addition to tasting like the straight oregano, I also smelled it a bit before doing this mm-hmm. just to kind of get like, you know, the full immersion. And it just smells very nice and earthy and fresh and like, you know, um, like just kind of like it's just smells very herby and like warm in a sense yeah. you know it just kind of like it makes you feel like homey a little bit so yeah. I, I feel, feel like the same a... way with dried mint yes yeah I, it I, definitely, definitely like calming and yeah um, you know sort of comforting for me anyway yeah next time I go to like a lush or like a bath and body works I definitely will be on the lookout for like oregano scented soap or lotion or anything of that nature yeah yeah, that would be that would be cool. Yeah, I feel like that would be something really neat to take home and yeah. use. All right, so one more quick break and then we'll come back with pop culture. All right, so let's talk about oregano and pop culture. That's a fun thing to talk about. Yes, totally. Um I think I kind of got this, I mentioned this a bit earlier, but the one thing I know about oregano and pop culture was from my theater teacher when she said that they burned it in a production of 
hair to make it look like weed or make it smell like weed. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of, in a lot of different media, there have been marijuana and oregano mix-ups or calling marijuana oregano or other yeah. things like that. And so I can just get into a couple of those. Okay. Um, in the 1980 comedy film, Stir Crazy, um, there is a dinner party where marijuana is used instead of oregano. And mm -hmm. that certainly leads to uh, some funny moments um, in the movie and uh, with the characters there. Uh, oh, I, I know it's, bet. I know it's super funny when I just describe what a funny <laughs> moment is. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, that that definitely sounds like a really good like comedy bit, and especially like a comedy bit someone would use like in the late like seventies, early eighties, yeah. because I know marijuana was just a lot more like, like prominent and less regulated around that time. And I'm pretty sure Gene Wilder was in that movie, so he's certainly a person who who likes to do that kind of humor. I think. Oh yeah, like I know he's definitely from like that Mel Brooks school of like you know, crazy screwball things happen. Right. Um, absurdist, you know, comedy. So that definitely, I'm sure, led to like a lot of funny moments. Cause I've never seen Stir Crazy, but yeah, I can imagine that all sorts of things happen because of that. Yeah. It and, feels like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it feels like the opposite of like when you like spike um, punch. Yeah. With alcohol. <laughs> right. Right. Just gets everybody to chill out or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, try it at your next no, don't try it at your next dinner party. Um That sounds like a felony. We do not uh does sound like we do not fun. we do not recommend felonies here at the Spice Cast. No. We but at, if you want yeah. to do it yourself, uh that is up to your own discretion. That's your own prerogative, it depends on where you live, all that yep. fun stuff. But you know it just it sounds like a it sounds like a good time in the film at least at least yeah a very funny moment <laughs> definitely a good concept and then yeah. sort of sort of the opposite thing in the 1992 film a few good men which you said you've seen recently right yes i am um, it used to play on tv like i forget which channel but it was one of those movies that they just played a lot so i just ended up watching it a lot and um it's also one of my dad's favorite movies, so it was on, and he did make me sit down and watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, I think you said it's the scene where um, Tom Cruise's character is talking to one of the army people, right? Yeah, and um, Tom Cruise is defending somebody who is accused of marijuana possession, mm -hmm. but he, he says that the the character was just possessing a, a little baggie of oregano like a dime bag of oregano yeah and I'm pretty, yeah go ahead i'm pretty sure it's kevin bacon's character because i I'm, believe I, that yeah because kevin bacon's character was the prosecutor and um yeah and i feel like it's like right that seems right at the beginning when tom cruise is like not a serious lawyer yeah <laughs> it is a. Uh, it's a very funny scene and a really well-written scene. I, I haven't seen mm -hmm. the movie, but I just watched that one scene. Um, yeah. And it is very entertaining. So it makes me want to check out the rest of the movie. So um, going back to Oregano in television this time, mm -hmm. um, there's an episode of the sitcom Grounded for Life uh, in which a character steals her dad's weed 
but he uh, but she later finds out that it has been swapped for oregano and so after everybody um smokes it they end up Mm -hmm. just really hungry for pizza and they all really really want pizza and they're not high (laughs) particularly at all that is a very funny joke i really like that a lot and similarly there's a there's an episode of that 70s show it's kind of the opposite not, not exactly the opposite thing but the main character's mother uh so that's eric foreman i believe yes. to- to- yeah. grace uh <laughs> i'm just showing my act actor knowledge on this one um asks why he needs such a big bag of oregano to go on a camping trip mm-hmm. and his he says to his mom oh it's just because donna the one of the other characters is italian and we need a lot of oregano that's also that's a very good that's a very good yeah, joke i liked i liked that joke when i was watching that 70s show yeah um I... uh, desperate housewives a very different kind of a show mm-hmm. um but there is a, a scene where um a wife wants her husband to stop smoking marijuana and so she throws out his bag of marijuana and replaces it with a bag of oregano Oh, that's again something I could easily imagine happening on Desperate Housewives. Um, I haven't seen Desperate Housewives as much as I think I've seen like that seventy show. I've, I don't think I've also seen Grounded for Life either, but it sounds very familiar. But they're all very funny jokes. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that. That like oregano is kind of like the thing that it's they the use. It's the stand-in. It's the stand-in for weed on many occasions. Um, well, and. I want to get into music a little bit too because there are all these references in rap that mm-hmm. use the use the word oregano to mean weed. Um, yeah. So it's often used as that slang. So uh, the game, Wiz Khalifa, Redman, Raekwon, and like a ton of other rappers have used oregano, and often it's I I've seen a lot of lyrics where it's rhymed with flow or like flow like oregano and I really I really like that um yeah that reference I like that too oh that's like that's really neat and even non-rappers use it uh as like a stand-in for marijuana Jim Croce and The Offspring both have songs that reference oregano um instead of weed oh that's that's interesting that's kind of neat. I really like that a lot because um, I know that's something I didn't really think of when I was doing research for this. Um, like, you know, I kind of tried to find stuff about oregano and pop culture and, and I didn't even think about the weed thing because right. um, if anyone knows me in real life, I'm very much a square. So <laughs> that kind of makes sense. <laughs> that, that, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that a lot. That's kind of interesting. Um, yeah and i think it uh, the the really cool thing about i mean this is coming from uh, a person who doesn't have any like personal experience writing rap lyrics but i feel like mm -hmm. when you when you can incorporate a long word like oregano um, or like an obscure word like you know oregano or cilantro into your rap and it it flows well and it sounds good i feel like that is a really impressive skill um and then also the indie pop band of Montreal, uh, reference, mm-hmm. references oregano in their song that is titled "Tim, I Wish You Were Born a Girl." So that was a that was a pretty interesting one, and that one was more about using oregano as a comfort food um, with, I believe, pasta and tomato sauce. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. I don't know. I just like, it's very interesting. Like oregano in a song, Tim, I wish you were born a girl. Like that's, I feel like that's a lot to break down just in from the beginning, but that makes sense that they're like talking about in terms of like a food. Um, yeah. There is a lot of comfort in, a t- in oregano and in, in pasta and sauce. I would probably write a song about oregano and sauce. well i wouldn't say it's about that i think it's more about that uh the singer or the, the writer mm-hmm. really really likes this person tim uh yeah. it's a it's a male singer and mm-hmm. they are saying like they wish that because that, they're they're uh, a straight person and they're wishing that like they could be uh like having a like a relationship and a home with tim oh okay um, and they don't feel like they can do that because of the heteronormative society or wh- whatever it is. Oh, it's kind of sad. I'm gonna have to go listen to it now. Yeah, um, thought that was thought that one was interesting. That is very interesting. And that, one, well, one of the things that they talk about wishing for is like a person or being able to cook you um, pasta with tomatoes, cook Tim pasta with tomato sauce and the oregano. I think I, is part I of that. Kinda- I love how that's kind of like a stand-in though for like being at home and being cozy and for being with like the person you want to be with. Right. Like, because I know that's at least whenever I think of like pasta and sauce and oregano, like that's what I always think of. It's like being at home with my family or like, you know, holidays. Cause like my family does very much like Italian Christmas. Yeah. Um, I'm half Jewish, but my mom's side is like full, like, like full Italian. So they're full Roman Catholic. So they do, you know, like very much like penne at Christmas and bake CD and, you know, eggplant parm and chicken parm and all that kind of stuff. So like, I know that that's like whenever I think of like comforting food, like, so I kind of like that, that that's a stand in for being like home with your loved ones. Definitely. That's definitely very sweet. That's yeah. yeah, That's the cutest thing ever, actually. Speaking yes. speaking of very sweet things, yeah, uh, there are a couple of very uh, sweet looking and interesting novels or books mm-hmm. that incorporate oregano, um, at least into the titles. So in 2017, a there's a historical fantasy novel that came out by Patricia mm-hmm. V. Davis called Spells and Oregano, which is um, book two in the Secret Spice Cafe trilogy. And it looked really charming and nice. That actually sounds very charming. I love the title, just spells and oregano. Like, yeah, that that's cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just a I, I'm a sucker for like anything historical and fantasy. So like, and magic. So anything that's like, I don't know, oregano and magic and spells. I yeah. kind of love it. Yeah, and then there's this um this forthcoming young adult graphic novel it will be out in 2022 that I, that i found um by melissa capriglione uh, mm-hmm. called basil and oregano and it features magic as well um cooking yeah. and romance and it, it just the art style is so extremely cute so if you're in the market yeah. for a, a sweet young adult graphic novel um in 2022 definitely check this one out basil and oregano I don't know. I feel like oregano is like kind of like the perfect herb to like use to help make magic because it's so different. Like there's so many different ways you can be, it can be used. So I don't know. I definitely would 
we'll try and cook some food and make some magic with it in the future. Cool. Well, with that, anything you want to talk about before the end of the show? Because we're getting toward that time. I don't know. I just, I, I love learning about oregano today. I like, I like learning about little parts of my own, you know, my own heritage and my own, like, you know, past. Because I really, I'm not, I'm not really that far removed from my Italian ancestors. You know, my, um, my great grandparents are the ones who came over from Italy. So I'm only about a third generation removed from them. So it kind of helps me still stay close to my roots, you know, um, especially, you know, cooking with my mom or cooking with my grandma or, you know, just eating Italian food and learning about Italian culture and even other cultures. Because I thought it was so cool to learn about Cuban oregano and how, you know, we're all connected through the herbs we use in our food and how we make food, you know. Yeah. And hopefully... Um... Hopefully the people listening are also going on that journey with us and learning about oregano and how it's used in different cuisines. And uh, I, I feel like that's the, the goal of the of the show. I mean, none of our none of our guests or myself are particular experts, um, like sci- scientific experts or botanical experts or any of that. But I feel like we all love uh, these spices and herbs and we all are sort of going on this this exploration together. So hopefully yeah. people got that out of it as well. Yeah, I hope I hope everyone goes and tries and, and puts oregano on their pizza or go ask Domino's <laughs> to put go ask Domino's to put oregano shakers in their restaurants. I don't think you can eat in a Domino's, but um, I don't know. I, I've never been to a pizza hut. I want someone to tell me if, if someone is out there and goes to a pizza hut, do they have oregano, red pepper flake and Parmesan shakers at a pizza hut? My guess is that they have an Italian seasoning shaker that has basil, oregano, and maybe thyme and parsley. But that's no. Yeah, that's, that's not... just that's my guess. But I, I don't really know. I haven't been inside a Pizza Hut in many years, if ever. If you're at a chain pizza place, even like a CC's Pizza or a Little Caesars, I want to know if they do have those shakers because I know that that's a big thing in New Jersey where I'm from. So is there somewhere that people should contact you if they uh, want to report on chain pizza restaurants? Um, well, they can contact me on my Twitter at Kayla Luhu. Um, Would you like my... to spell that last part? <laughs> yes, uh, it's K-A-Y-L-A-L-O-U-H-W-O. Um, my middle name's Louise, and I thought that would be really funny. Like Cindy Luhu, it's like uh-huh. Kayla Luhu, because I'm like... I don't know. I couldn't think of a good Twitter handle. I didn't know my last name on my Twitter handle. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it sounds great. It's a good compromise. Anyway. Yeah. So you can, you can at me there. I don't know. I don't know if my DMs are open, but feel free to, to message me that or my, um, my Instagram's the same thing just with a 22 at the end at Kayla Lou who 22 cool. at on Instagram. You can message me there. If, let me know. There's, those shakers at CC's Pizza or Little Caesars or a sit-in yeah. Papa John. And if we're not careful, we're going to start uh, an online discourse about uh, the use of Italian seasoning versus oregano on pizza. I feel like we might, someone's, I feel like someone might start a petition to, to get just oregano, plain oregano in like a pizza hut or something like yeah. that. Which, yeah. <laughs> and if you do feel strongly though about italian it has to be italian seasoning please let me know why because i'm very curious yeah like 
but do I could see the argument like more depth and flavor than just like oregano, but at the same time, true, true New Jersey pizza people, I feel like. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to get in touch with Kayla, you can reach out to her on Twitter or Instagram, as she said. Um, and if you'd like to get in touch with the show, uh, we are not on Instagram, although we would like to be. Uh, but we are on Twitter at the SpiceCast, and we are on Facebook at the SpiceCast Podcast. Uh, any final things you wanted to say, Kayla? Um, no, just thank you so much for having me. This was this was really fun. This adventure into herbs, yeah. specifically oregano. Yeah, and thank you so much for being on. It has been a real pleasure to talk to you. It's been a couple months since we've been able to talk, so yeah. I really appreciated you coming on and doing some oregano discussion publicly yes i'm always up for any spice discussion or herb discussion or otherwise publicly and thanks also to the listeners who have been sticking with us through this episode um, we really appreciate it and uh, again if you have oregano stories we'd love to hear about them so please feel free to reach out uh, and also if you would like to rate us on the podcast platform of your choice we would really appreciate that because uh, good ratings and uh, more listens and downloads get us to uh, more people and we can uh, learn more about spices and share more about spices and herbs uh, through all of that. So um, thanks everyone and thank you especially to Kayla. With that, I have been your host Ruben with The Herb Blurb. This is the second installation of The Herb Blurb um, and episode 26 of the Spice Cast, Oregano. Thanks very much and talk to you next time. I actually very much endorse a few good men. I totally recommend it. Um, Aaron, it's Aaron Sorkin, right? Um, so if you like West Wing, his, based on a like a screenplay or a, a play that he wrote, play. right? Yeah, a play that he wrote, and you can cut. <laughs> but no. um, actually, um, Tom Cruise got cast because Nicole Kidman saw the play, and she said to Aaron, she was like, "You have to cast Tom Cruise in this. He'd love it. He'd be such a good person, like to fill the lead role." And that's how Tom Cruise got cast.